Kia ora Wellington. You are listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories. That last track was Rangatera by Ricky Gooch and Alistair Fraser. For the second part of the show, we are talking to Ash Holwell, who is from 257, which is a co-work, meeting and event space in central Wellington. But those words do not quite capture the big dreams and good vibes of the place and the people involved. So on Friday night, I went along to an opening night there that launched 16 art panels that had been created for the space. 257 looks and feels pretty incredible, but um, before we launch into the kind of physical space and the art and the event, let's hear a bit about how it came to be. Kia ora, Ash. Let me get you. Kia ora. Ah, that's better. And we have someone sitting sitting with you today. Yeah, we've got a little indigo here. He's also been involved in the space for the whole time. Love some. Actually, when the space was a construction zone and so what was cleared out when we first showed the panels, it was also kind of an empty concrete box. Um, and that was just when Indigo was first learning to scooter. And so uh-huh. it was perfect for scootering around. And we had the art panels displayed in little huts, say that were great for having tea, tea parties in. <laughs> <laughs> that was about in September last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so growing up with the place. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shall we start with a bit of a discussion of what is 257 like? Well, for a start, where is it and how long has it been there? Mm, it's, um, I guess it's almost finished, but we're kind of open. Um, and we've been working on the space that's upstairs of Unity Books on Willis Street for a couple of years now. Um, um, I guess we've taken it from a place that had 27 rooms in it when we first took it over at the beginning of last year um, and then salvaged as much stuff as we could uh, during the demolition phase. Right, so Um, was that office space? Yeah, it was kind of lots of little separate offices (gasps) and um, yeah, kind of dark and dingy and a really low suspended ceiling and kind of very just really in need of a makeover and um, my favourite room in the space was like all deep peach coloured, looking straight at a concrete wall kind of in the back and really dirty carpet tiles and things like that. So, um, yeah, we were able to give it a massive birthday, I guess, but we managed to, all the old walls are our new furniture and lots of the stuff that we salvaged went to lots of interesting places um, around town, like some of our carpet tiles are now in the Nainai pub and someone picked up (laughs) lots of glass to make fish tanks out of and heaps of the lighting from the suspended ceiling has gone into tiny house projects and um, that was pretty fun. So we've just kind of been able to, we try to, I guess, keep our waste and our carbon down as much as possible during there because we're, yeah, we're going to operate as a, well, we are operating as a co-working and event space um, and we'll have Calibrate's mental health gym in there as well, the well, um, and we'll be, yeah, climate positive and living wage and just trying to, I guess, support everyone in there to thrive, to do good work for the world, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was about to ask what you were kind of trying to achieve or yeah. build. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit of that. Yeah, a bit of that, a bit of an example, I think. And it's an example of, um, or we're trying to have an example of what a building looks like when it's not kind of in an extraction model, which I think lots of our... Um, New Zealand property market is about kind of extracting from the users to give to the um, property owners. Um, And this obviously isn't the only example. There's lots of spaces that are kind of, um, I guess, 
supporting the really supporting the users but this is yeah, another attempt to kind of see i guess as, a, as an example and as a test we don't really know what it's going to be like but um uh, a test for how we how much people might thrive if the you know the property wasn't about making lots of money it was about actually being a resource for people to share and use and thrive in mm. and okay can you tell us a bit about the types of projects and collaborations and work i guess as well that are currently taking place there in the kind of early days yeah there's um we've had the inspiring stories um birthday party we've had asian supporting um Tino Rangatira Tangaran for a couple of days of Titariti workshops. Um, we've got a couple of Wellington on a Plate events going to be there. We've had a big Seeds to Feeds dinner in there, which was a 70-person three-course meal cooked by Shepherd and like grown by lots of local growers. Um, so a pretty big variety at the moment, along mm. with that. We've got an internal time bank, so our, everyone who works there puts time in and takes time out of a time bank. So we've got yoga sessions and I think there was a web flow like web design session on there today that people are really like learning a lot from and so far I think there's about 140 hours even with our small group and not really been opened yet has been exchanged in the time bank <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just an experience of trying to know that I guess once we're full there's more people in there 80% of the skills and experience and bits of knowledge and stuff that we might need to thrive are probably going to be in the room it's just being out of how do you access it or how do you set up a framework where it's safe to say it's safe to ask someone who's sitting next to you for help mm. and then be like oh yeah cool I've got some time I can give it to you rather than sort of it being a bit of a morph morphous kind of help or mm. yeah trying to set up a um a system where it's really easy for people to kind of share and help each other out is part of it so um that's another little experiment that we're running we're not sh yeah but it seems to be going pretty well so far Mm. Yeah. Do you have a kind of, is there a bit of a criteria for joining or being part of this? <laughs> like if I was a ruthless capitalist, <laughs> um, could I get in? Well, I, I guess um, in some ways the self, the space is a little bit self-selecting. You've seen it. It's got some pretty big, uh, like I just get, guess the, the artworks on the walls were part of the prompt was um, to the artists, I dream of a world. And that was basically the entire brief. Um, and so and I guess picking some artists that were kind of like young and lots of indigenous artists who are kind of pushing things is a way of guiding the co-op of the people in the space, both ourselves and maybe as a bit of a self-selector of <laughs> who comes in or not right. in some ways. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a set criteria at the moment. We, we have a, um, a criteria around like a 50% discount for event hire, so an imp impact discount for that use. And there's, little, there's criteria around... Um, um, not for profit or charity under a certain amount or not right. GST registered and a few things like that. But it's, yeah, lots of people are using that so far. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me about this? I did see the word impact a few times mm. on your, on the website. Yeah. And what, yeah, I guess what that means to you or. Yeah, I guess making change. Um, and I think there's a, there's a bit of an understanding that there is a <laughs> kopapa already for what the, what impact is wanted, but we're kind of in a middle period now of also wanting to involve everyone else who's in the space in developing right. that together. Refresh it. So yes, we've, yeah, we've had a bit of a um, we've had a legacy one from some of my work and my work up in Whangarei and what we've done already. Um, but we're just kind of in the middle of the process of kind of yeah, including everyone else in that as yeah. we go. And we know that it won't be a static thing either. It will be within the culture of the place, and we'll spend a lot of time kind of working and evolving that over yeah over the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you mentioned um, work you'd been doing in Whangarei. Could you tell us a bit about your backstory and how you've kind of ended up here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I, the moment I kind of keep going back to is um, when I was living, I lived in Rotterdam and worked for a, um, some, a kind of a emerging designer there who was over, not, wasn't really able to pay very much, but that kind of led to the adventure of squatting um, over there, which was also like, it wasn't, as extreme as you might, ex- it might, it was for lots of people. We basically just broke into a house and changed the lock and called the police on ourselves. And a week, like they didn't come for a few days. And then when they came, they just kind of said welcome to the community and took our details and notified the owner, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and is that the purpose of calling the police so you establish? Yeah, your, yeah, your legal there? right to be there because they couldn't kick us out if the, unless they had another place for us to go. So it was oh. like a legal right to a house in the in Europe. So. That yeah, we could <laughs> pretty, be learning from shocked. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it was such a, a massive moment for me. It was like, wow, what, such a wildly different way of looking at property, and, and um, totally different to my experience. Um, mm. And I think that's that's probably only a colonial experience here. Um, an indigenous experience of property is much closer to, or even further to do, to do with um, use over kind of exclusion um, and profit making. Um, so the example is already strong here. And, but it did take me going to the Netherlands to kind of really find that out yeah. <laughs> and, and coming back. So um, I guess as com- coming back, I met a theatre director and we made some theatre shows together and we would always be trying to find interesting empty buildings in Whangarei. Um, and we found a church that the council owned one time and uh, for, we needed it for a couple of weeks in 2014. Um, and we've just kept it ever since, basically, through and it's a kind of pretty vibrant community centre in Whangarei now it's like 13,000 visitors a year and actually a community radio station runs out of there and lots nice. of things go on there and, yeah um, and then my yeah my family owns some properties up in Whangarei and I've kind of taken them over in the last couple of years as my dad got very ill um, and we've been able to already they were rented to lots of charities and so we've been able to kind of turn that up a little bit as well and that's enabled us to I guess buy a building down here and run this experiment as well yeah yeah, <laughs> and see see how much goodness we can get out of it. Yeah, so, yeah, is that M? Yeah. So, was there something that drew you in particular back to Wellington or to Wellington for the first time? Yeah, oh, it's my third time here. Okay. I studied here. <laughs> um, and studied here at Massey, and then yeah, went overseas, comes back up in Whangarei, and have been here a little bit since then. Um, I think yeah, I think I was excited by how dense the city is and how much is going on here um, and how many people are kind of engaged in lots of really important and amazing kind of inspiring work here um, and had a good strong friend group and I think after six years back in Whangarei I needed some time away from there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I I just love the city and love what's going on and I think there's there's kind of a... um, Seems like everyone's here for a very, or not, lots of people are here for like very particular reasons why they're here. They're here for a particular project or for a particular reason. So there's lots of kind of passion and creation happening in the city, which mm. is, yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah. Shall we talk a little bit about the um, the panels that were created for the space? Because yeah. to me, that was a pretty remarkable project to undertake and... Um, it seems like, yeah, for many people it would be a bit of a dream to kind of 
find a bunch of great artists and commission them to do work specific to a space that mm. you were going to spend a lot of time <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so can you tell us who chose the artists and how they were, how yeah. that went? Um, I kind of knew Gina a little bit and Zoe a little bit. and so. Do you want to do last names as uh, well? Yeah, Gina Keong, Zoe Hall. And um, they also kind of introduced me to Mariama. And Mariama actually came in and looked at the space very early on before it was um <laughs> before there was um uh, before it was kind of demolished and everything. So that was and I and I just kind of reached out to her and said the project was kind of happening. And um, they had obviously done some projects, sort of as trios as duos before, but never properly as a trio. So right. um, we basically just sort of split, suggested a bunch of artists each. Right. Um, I had a couple to start with, but it was mainly mainly them who suggested artists, um, and they ran the kind of um, reaching out to the artists and organising. And then once the drawings came in, I spent a lot of time kind of com- computerising them, ready to be cut. And then they got cut by a guy called Ryan out in Miramar, and um, delivered a bunch of timber out to him, and he plugged it all into the computer, and we did some test cuts. And yeah, he's the basically. Um, you just press print and <laughs> a little drill goes in and it, it cuts the whole piece of the art- artwork out and so the plywood is black on top and see timber on the inside so it makes them shine yeah yeah stand out and um yeah it was pretty exciting to know that they were not just going to be on our walls but they were our walls I think that was kind of something mm. I really loved that they were it's actually the structure of the space is the artwork and it's so embedded and kind of strong in the space yeah. like that yeah um yeah and that was when we also had the exhibition last time of the panels before they were installed just in the empty space and it was also like we went through quite a lot of effort to kind of stop the construction project and let public in but it was kind of I couldn't I was just too intrigued by the opportunity to have lots of people in just an empty office building that's basically (laughs) nothing in it except just the concrete pillars and things it was yeah that was a pretty magical time yeah as well yeah Yeah. (laughs) um Um, oh sorry no 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 yeah at this, oh, so at the same time, so it was in that same week that um, Zoe and Mariama and um, Gina created the mural on the by the lifts as well. Yeah, so that was all. So kind of three in that. artists work on that together, and they yeah, were also yeah. the three plus you who selected the whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was a very busy time for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it was, but it was so exciting. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did have one of those moments looking at those, you know, and I was like, they must have. Even I know it was designed for the space, but they must have. Did, thought of some ways that if they did end up leaving the space, you know, yeah, how yeah. The, what happens to this art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the panels we can take with us, but the um, the exquisite kaitiaki who are the, the big mural on the, by the lifts is there. Yeah. So, it's but the lucky I don't think anyone's, <laughs> everyone's loved it so far, so hopefully it stays long after us if we need to leave, but yeah. Yeah. First off, hopefully we get to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you might not be, in terms of the panels, you might not be able to admit to having a favourite, but I wonder if you could tell us about um, a particular, you know, having talked to an artist or he- heard they were doing something and then seeing what they came up with and one that really kind of yeah. surprised or blew you away. Yeah, I have a nice, there's a nice story about um, Victor Tapar's one because um, Gina suggested him actually without knowing that um me and Victor have a connection where he's done a lot of tattooing on me up in Whangarei and ah. also down in Wellington and we moved right. to Wellington at about the same time yeah. um so that was kind of a nice story behind and his one and um 
I also left his one till last when I was doing the redrawing because it's so detailed. It took so many hours to redraw yeah. on the computer, online, but it was, yeah, that was nice. And also like, yeah, I love Taze as well with the, the text poem in that space. It looks really amazing. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, yeah. back to the Victor Te Pa yeah. one. If you could just go, do a yeah. bit of a description of uh, that yeah, for people who are listening. A, um, uh, it's just a large a fist. So the fist ends up being about a metre and a half tall on the wall. Um, and within each um, finger and the thumb, there are faces um, and characters and also a big ake, ake, ake on one of the hands as well. And lots of um, amazing inlaid kuru and other designs inside the in the palm and throughout the... Yeah. Throughout the hand. A lot yeah. going on in that one. Yeah. 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 And you're mentioning yeah. a text one as yeah, well. Yeah, Tay is the incredible poem that she has there. And um, which was also like, we had to test that quite a lot to see if we could make the text work that way on the panel like that. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of like, I, just, I guess poems and things that aren't in books and are big like that are always kind of really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend, um, Jade Kake, who's also from Whangarei, actually, she an architect who's making an amazing big Papa Kainga project up in Whangarei and a few other things. Her um, her contour map kind of fits the form really mm. nicely as well because it's actually car. The the act of kind of CNC cutting is carving in and so the lines kind of work really, yeah. really specially with that piece. And is that one, is that Wellington Harbour? Um, no, it's a place up north somewhere. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I just always see a harbour and yeah, I'm like, right. Wellington. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So do you do art as well? Yes, sometimes. Okay. It's been a while since yeah. I've done... Uh, oh, yes and no, I kind of feel that that's an art piece. It's a piece of work, I think. Yeah, like, I think, um, totally. Yeah, I mean, I give one definition of art that I can I've come to at some point is that art's anything like is an act of changing the world to anything that does that can be seen as an artwork, and I guess it's a long time since art has only lived on the walls. Mm. Arts are in actions and performances and lots of other things like that these days, and so I guess that's been when I was kind of more practicing art. That's what my art was like, and so I guess I still think that my building interventions are kind of artworks in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just, you know, a very practical question. Do you guys get support from, like, the council or from, you know, grants and things? Um, Nothing official yet. Okay. So that's something you might be working towards or? Yeah, maybe. I guess yes and I guess um, only if we were, like, we couldn't get it another way, I think, because, like, right. part of the mission is to kind of hijack the property market and see how it can be used for good. And so um, I kind of feel like, yes, we, uh, you know, we've got, we've, there's a lot of risk in it and there's a lot to kind of pay back and there's a lot to kind of sort out and make sure that the project really hums and we're, we're working on, you know, we're working kind of together and including people who are using the space in our mission to kind of be sustainable in order for the space to kind of um, continue to exist and help people thrive um and so i guess we were weighed up around how much we need it compared to other people yeah and it's part of the experiment is can we do that hijacking can we get something that's on a like because we're all sharing a space together and can we make can we kind of charge at a sustainable level for everyone that actually means that we um can grow it grow it mm. on, our, on our own in some ways yeah. um so yeah, we're not quite sure what that looks like yet in terms of funding and support from others and things like that. Um, and I guess I hope increasingly that that becomes a decision that gets to be made by everyone who's using the space. Mm-hmm. And um, 
less decisions made by me. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. where, that's where the strength of the project will really come from. Yeah. Is, yeah, people being involved in those things and, yeah, people, I guess, caring enough about it to be in those positions and, yeah, yeah. to be involved. Yeah. 